0: Dr. Nick Delgado here about a podcast and a webinar that I believe can transform your life. What is the number one killer in the United States and in the Western world? I'm here with Tim Nash, who has a very moving story. Indeed, a story that goes back to his own father. Tim Nash.
1: Well, how you doing, Nick? Okay, so. My, my story goes that uh, I was actually on Team USA with Nick Delgado and lit outlifting all comers at the Arnold Classic, thinking that I was doing everything okay, even though my, my dad had passed away from a massive heart attack when he was at 57 years old. Um, I thought I was doing everything better. I wasn't eating any of the uh, fast food out there, but I was still eating the standard American diet, which, by the way, if you think about it, the acronym is S.A.D., Literally it is. It's S-A-D, Standard American Diet, and it's SAD, and that's what it is. So we're out there eating everything regular, eating um, steaks. It was a big steak and potatoes type of guy. And uh, lo and behold, six months after we finished outlifting all comers at the Arnold Classic, I started to feel like fluish symptoms. Literally just thought it was the flu. I kept on working hard. I was working long hours and uh, just kept on shrugging it off. Um, for about three months and at about three months after that I finally said okay and I went in and walked into the emergency room with my wife and and we said look this flu keeps coming back can you give me something and they said no but we got a room for you I said why they said well you had a heart attack you're not having one now necessarily but the markers are there the enzymes are there so you've had one they said uh, they didn't know when it happened but that it was probably when I first started feeling the flu-like symptoms and that that's the way it presents to me. So luckily uh, nothing else happened. I sat in there for about five days waiting for my time to get an angiogram done um, because everybody else kept coming in with with, uh, what they called STEMIs and kept bumping me out of the spot. As Soon as I finally got my angiogram done they about fell out of their chair. They said I was the worst that they'd seen all year um, and I needed a, qu- uh, a quintuple bypass. So instantly they, they set me up on the calendar for the next day and I got cracked and quintuple bypassed.
0: and chest and literally tore open and then... Uh Put in saphenous veins from the leg and uh, trying to get some more blood flow.
1: Yeah, we did. Uh, they did a couple things. They did uh, uh, mammary artery redirections, and they put those in for two of them. And then for the other three, they did the uh, the harvesting from the, the vein from the leg.
0: So you really had no symptoms. You were working out, exercising more consistent than most most people. I mean, literally. Lifting tens of thousands of pounds every week, uh, training, lifting—you—you uh, you were active. You basically, you know, felt like the doctors. Didn't ever imply there was a problem. Your blood lipids, your cholesterol, what were those levels at that time?
1: Well, my cholesterol wasn't actually bad. It was uh, my total cholesterol was still within range, and it was good. Range However, of the U.S. The accepted US, range. U.S.
0: accepted range. Of where most people die of a heart attack or stroke.
1: And But my biggest problem was my HDLs were very, very low.
0: Okay. Do you happen to remember or know what the LDL cholesterol was?
1: I, You know, I, I'll have to look that one up. I don't have okay. that off the top of my head. Right.
0: LDL is just what we call the bad cholesterol, and there's some evidence from Stanford that even a higher, quote, HDL level, which is supposed to remove redundant cholesterol from the arteries, isn't protective when the LDL exceeds 95. That seems to be about the cutoff. Now, it's interesting that you and I had talked about a plant-based whole foods diet more or less toward chicken-free, red meat-free, fish-free, no dairy product, but it wasn't your way of eating. Your family had a way of preparing tasty meals that you enjoy. Um, Your father probably had a very similar diet as well, but is it true that your father died at what age, and was it of a heart attack?
1: 57 of a massive heart attack, and he died at the gym. He was, uh, well... It was kind of bad. He was he just came back from a vacation in lake tahoe and and uh, decided he needed to cram for his appointment to go see his cardiologist. So he went right to the gym and was on the treadmill at twenty
0: four hour fitness and went down. No one saw him go down. Oh my God. So such a tragic situation, and uh, I, I know that there's a little bit of a tradition. I know that for example sumo wrestlers drink a lot of beer to alter their hormone levels so that when they eat that one or two big meals a day they retain a lot of calories because they want to get real big real heavy 400 pounds and above for sumo wrestlers for all those doing intermittent fasting and trying to skip meals and skip breakfast what you know in your mind made you think that it was safe or acceptable to eat a similar diet that your own father had and did the doctors ever tell you that your diet was in question
1: well actually I wasn't eating the same diet that my dad was I mean I was bet- doing better because I didn't want to get into the situation yes I thought I wasn't getting into the situation right but uh, even after I mean the, the thing that's so messed up is even after I had the quintuple bypass and I'm meeting with the cardiologists they're saying you know what the way you ate and everything else, you did pretty good, you lasted 47 years. So just tone it back just a little bit. Eat the same stuff and you'll be fine. And that was the advice I was given. I actually cut out all red meat. Um, I was gonna make it to where I was gonna have maybe once a quarter as a special thing. um, And maybe just on my birthday or something along those lines. But I cut it out completely from that standpoint. And uh, sure enough, it didn't matter. After my uh, 50th birthday, I went out and came back and ended up having to get a stint.
0: And, And by the way, a common fallacy is that by just quote unquote giving up red meat, you essentially are excluding the primary source of fat and cholesterol. Certainly red meat's higher in fat, than say, uh, chicken or fish, but even tuna packed in water is higher in cholesterol than red meat. Chicken has as much cholesterol as red meat. In fact, most chickens are very fatty. I mean, if you eat with the skin, you kind of pull the skin off, there's a lot of grease on your hands. So most animals are force-fed, they want them to be fattier, they can sell them for a higher dollar amount. And not only that, it's not just the fat, it's the cholesterol that's permeated throughout the tissue, you can't even see it. It's part of the flesh. So when you consume it, even if you're taking the fatty parts, cutting it off, the red meat, or pulling the skin off, all the cholesterol is permeated in the animal product itself. And the body, we know, can only get rid of about 100 milligrams of cholesterol a day. We are omnivores. We can eat a little bit of meat, which might be about three ounces maybe a day or every other day. And so I often tell people, you know what, if I tell you to eat three ounces of, of lean meat a day, you're probably going to cheat on that. You may not even measure three ounces, and then you might have it for lunch, you know, some meat within your sandwich, and then meat for dinner, and then maybe eggs for breakfast. Were you eating any eggs at that time?
1: Oh, at the time when I, yes, I actually was a big egg eater. I loved my eggs.
0: Wow, wow. So no one ever told you that egg yolks are amongst the highest source of cholesterol. Some people say, oh, but eggs have less of and, and, and it emulsifies, well, emulsifies? Look up the word emulsification, it just seemed, simply means to disperse larger particles and smaller particles. So what, it absorbs better? When you absorb the cholesterol fat, it goes right in the arteries and tissues. They did a study, classic study, on Tarmar Indians, and they're basically eating corn tortillas, beans, panola nuts, a lot of fruit and vegetables. They're fairly poor and they live in the ca- copper can Canyon of northern Mexico, Chihuahua, Mexico, and they're known to run nonstop for 180 miles. But they took these people who have an average cholesterol of 130,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and ideally we believe your cholesterol should be 100 plus your age and not over 160. And they took these people with low HDL levels, by the way, they have an HDL of about 20, 23.
1: And yeah, minus 12.
0: Okay. <laughs> and their LDL is usually hovering around 60 or so. Their VLDL, which transports triglycerides, adds up to that total of 130. And it's interesting, they gave them eggs. Here's a culture that never eats eggs, that rarely eats animal product. And within one month, that 300 milligrams of cholesterol, one egg a day, which is typical to a breakfast where people think, you know, oh, I need my protein. Well, that cholesterol went from 130, it skyrocketed. And every single person in the study went up to, well, I believe the study showed approaching... I'm going to say above 180, maybe it was towards 200. I'll pull the study for actual numbers and reference. And they put them on it, and and the cholesterol stayed up as long as they ate the eggs. And when they went off it, the cholesterol went right back down to 130 within days. They put them back on. It went back up. They took them off. It came down. But when you take the average American with the cholesterol already saturated in the tissues of over 200, which, by the way, you can have a cholesterol of 200 and be told you're normal. They gave them eggs, same study, but the cholesterol didn't go up any higher. Why? Because the tissues, the arteries, the blood was already saturated and adding that extra cholesterol above the 100 milligrams a day, it won't have a bump up. So many people purporting that cholesterol is not important, it's not part of cardiovascular disease, will point to that study and say, see, when you give cholesterol to Americans, they're, in the form of eggs, they don't have a rise in cholesterol, which is, I hope you understand what I just explained.
1: Uh, Yeah, no, you're basically saying that because the standard American diet, which is SAD, has already supersaturated everybody with cholesterol. Correct. It's not actually able to absorb any more cholesterol and raise the the cholesterol levels of Americans. That just means that we're in bad
0: shape. Now, you had a very direct conversation with your cardiologist after this last yeah, incident, so, and I'm really happy to hear that this cardiologist, which you can name or not, was supportive of a plant-based cholesterol-free diet. Yeah, so Tell I, me I, about and it. And
1: I'm not sure if he wants me to put his name out there, but although he is pretty proud of the fact that uh, I've been doing really well on this. But I went, when I went in there after the, I had the stent, I went up to him and, and the doctor says, you know, Tim, you're special. And I said, oh, gee, thanks, doc. And he says, not in a good way. <laughs> oh, you're God. now gonna be plant-based diet. He goes, your body cannot process animal fats like other people can. And again, like Nick's pointing out is, we're not really supposed to be processing that much, but we're not told that. So um, you know that the, you know, um, the government's actually been making sure that people are eating more dairy because they, they don't want to subsidize the dairy farmers. So they want us all to eat more cheese and drink more milk and that's just causing more and more of the problems. Plus, they're, they're, everybody's using these things and they're starting to put all these hormones in it. So even if milk and cheese was moderately good back in the 50s, they didn't have any of these hormones that they're, they're putting in now.
0: And we're actually all being guinea pigs for that whole get up. Well, don't, don't forget, there was early studies done on autopsies of young men aged 22 from our country in the Korean War. Now, what year was that? Wasn't that the early, I'm going to say 50s. I'm not that good in history. Let's just say. And the <laughs> Vietnam War was definitely in the 60s. I'm yeah. old enough to remember the sure. Vietnam War in the 60s. And in both cases, they found serious cardiovascular disease. In other words, atherosclerotic plaques. In those in the 50s, eating what at that time, after World War II, was the four food groups. You must have your protein from animal, you must have your dairy pocket, which included cheese and eggs and so which forth, because from animal. the meat and dairy industry wanted us to fall into that belief and then, you know, get your fruits, get your vegetables, maybe some grain, and that was the four food groups. It was to simplify, so after the World War, they, they wanted to make it simple you know, for Americans to quote, get good nutrition, but the meat and dairy industry had huge lobbyists. They wanted us to believe that we had to get our protein from animal product. They ignored the studies on humans by Dr. Reddy, Dr. Knapp, and several other published studies showing that infants and children and every age group, you only need about the amount of protein found in whole plant foods. Fruits, vegetables, beans, peas. A cup of beans, by the way, has 20 grams of protein. The body is in positive nitrogen balance from one cup of beans or just a variety of fruits, vegetables, soups, and salads. And essentially, the body, why? Because the enzymes recycle 150 grams totally. All the most complete proteins known to man and the digestive tract sloughs off and recycles. So we really literally only need to be in positive nitrogen balance, 20 grams of protein a day, not one gram per kilogram, or 70, or some exaggerate one gram per pound of body weight, or a half a, a, a half a gram of protein. See, I used half to a know pound.
1: that they, they were saying one gram per pound, and right, like, are you kidding me? I'm at the time I was 270 pounds. Whew, wow, that's that's a lot of grams of
0: protein. Yeah, uh, some of my best references, uh, including our website, go to delgadoprotocol.com. You can also take a look at uh, nutritionfacts.org, plantpositive.com, it may be .org, but I believe it's plantpositive.com, and also the book, uh, Proteinaholics, by Garth Davis. And he wrote, as an MD, a review of all the literature and the mistaken beliefs and the Emphasis to and the problem is as you eat more protein. You're getting more cholesterol and fat all together because essentially that's the components of animal products So if you're eating legumes you're getting protein you're getting Fruits and vegetables you're getting tubers yams and so forth. You're not only getting More than enough quality protein Lee Haney wrote a book fit for life. He's mr. Olympiad. uh, I believe it was eight times in a row Arnold Arguably said he's one of the greatest Mr. Olympiads in history, consumes 500 grams of complex carbohydrates a day in training for getting in top shape to get ripped abs. And he gets about, I estimated, it's probably about 80 grams of protein max, somewhere around there, which is still way beyond what even an elite bodybuilder needs, believe it or not. And he said the problem is when you go down to 50 grams of carbohydrate, you're basically there's no protein sparing effect see the carbs the complex carbs are used as fuel the red blood cells can only take glucose from complex carbohydrates the brain prefers glucose and enduring aerobic to anaerobic threshold, which you and I do in curl and presses, right. you're basically preferring to burn glucose, but with a training effect, like you and I train year-round. Going back, I go back my training schedule over 20 years, consistently four or five workouts a week. I know you're very consistent as well, being part of Team USA, one of the most elite, strongest strength endurance athletes in history. You and I are neck and neck with world record levels. I so am inspired when you talk yeah, about way, lifting. i ready
1: for another one.
0: Too. Yeah, I know, I know. <laughs> especially. When, as far as you're shooting for that million pound mark, and we'll talk about that in a minute. But you know what? Here, your doctor probably said, You probably survived because of your exercise. They
1: actually did. They, they told me that the reason I survived and probably didn't even notice anything until I needed a quintuple was because I had so much collateral vascularity built yes. up from all of my endurance training that I didn't actually have damage to the heart. I do have a slight Q wave thing or. Something along those lines. They can see that there was a, a heart attack that happened, but virtually no damage, so I'm
0: still doing good. So, so for those who don't understand what collateral circulation is, it's literally nature's own bypass. When the heart, for example, before you even get chest pain, there's usually over uh, approaching 90% blockage of the main coronary artery, and then the heart starts going, hey, I'm not getting enough oxygen, so there's pain. I used to have chest pain when I was in my early 20s before my first TIA, transient ischemic attack. I had gone overboard because I wanted to play pro football, I wanted to play college football. Long story short, I was eating literally about 12 eggs a day, loaded with cheese, no no sugars, just a lot of protein, a lot of red meat, a lot of chicken, a lot of fish. I really was enamored with the belief that if I ate enough protein, somehow that protein would turn into body protein, which is completely fallacious. I mean, think of a gorilla. That's,
1: that's what was being told to us.
0: Yeah, an 800-pound gorilla eats plant foods all day long. And find a gorilla you can beat in anything physical, muscular, uh, weightlifting. They don't lift, but in or whatever, good luck, right? I mean, the the, the running story. I mean, they have massive muscle density, massive levels of testosterone without consuming a shred of animal product. Uh, so it's, it's interesting. You say, well, but wait a minute, gorillas are different. Actually, bonobos monkeys are 97.6 genetic match to us. And they stand upright. They look into each other's eyes when they have sex. They eat fruits and vegetables all day long. And they sustain a, a marvelous health level. People say, oh, but that transition to the human brain and it required certain protein to jump from the bonobos monkeys from Zaire, Africa to, to humans. There's really little or no evidence of that. The human brain sustains and thrives on whole, f- fresh food. That's really what we're arguing. We're not saying eat processed sugars, eat processed oils, no. eat processed meats. And and as you pointed out, meats are chemically engineered these days. Well,
1: everything is. I mean, even, even a lot of the vegetation is chemically engineered, so you still also have to be careful on that. You know, they've got everything from uh, the pesticides that they're putting in there or they've been genetically modifying them. One of the things that bothers me the most is, is the whole canola oil thing, because canola oil, canola is genetically modified by definition. It stands for Canadian Oil Low Acid, and it was a rap seed plant before they genetically modified it. So now if you find products out there, even health products, they say we've got a non-GMO um, cold pressed canola oil, They don't know what they're talking about, and they shouldn't be your health company.
0: What we've discovered, and we're confirming what I learned working in the Pritikin Longevity Center, the research department at the Pritikin Longevity Center, with Nathan Pritikin, who was an early pioneer in lifestyle medicine. And he actually uh, turned to other doctors that were doing early research, Dr. Hemsworth about diabetes, uh... he worked with lester morrison true story lester morrison was in santa barbara where nathan pritikin lived and he had a live-in center where he put people on a plant-based whole foods diet he'd reverse diabetes high blood pressure heart disease but no one ever publicized it you know who there was no drug company no laboratory company no surgical company to promote it so it kinda got lost in literature but pritikin found it and pritikin said well since I have coronary heart disease, and here he was in his 50s, he had no symptoms, no signs, he was an engineer, he he liked to jog a little bit, but he had serious blocked arteries. And so he looked at the literature, applied that principle, and created later what would be called the Pritikin Better Health Program, which I was the director of the outpatient programs, and he also then developed a live-in center where people were basically put into a facility for 30 days along Santa Monica Beach. They'd exercise three times a day, about 20 minutes morning, afternoon, and evening, on treadmill or out on the beach. They would eat all day long, uh, meals prepared from a whole food buffet. And uh, that food was based on the forerunner to my now Simply Healthy cookbook. It took me 15 years to gather recipes from around the world. Because i got to admit, Pritikin's recipes were pretty bland. They didn't taste very good. We use spices and herbs and items that are internationally known uh, within recipes indigenous. I must have a bigger recipe cookbook collection than you can ever imagine from all over the world. And I've got to travel all over the world. Just like when we went to London and competed in Team USA, and you see the way they, they eat in the uk too i mean it's like okay they are amongst the most obese of all europeans oh, right and and
1: all that,
0: but yeah. simply healthy cookbook you got to try these recipes i know your wife has picked up our cookbook and is trying some things out and i know the forerunner to a book that you edited grow young and slim yeah. we came out with a, a version after this and you did a fantastic job in editing and putting that uh, material together so if you want to learn the latest go to our online course under programs at Delgado Protocol and there's a cool course called fat loss and fitness and we get into all the science I know there's a lot of controversy now a lot of people promoting keto diets paleo diets and if you really want the science you really want to understand how to get this ideal goal of good-looking body getting the nutrients you need to build up a body for the most elite sports. I don't know of any sport that exerts as much energy as you and I do in curl and presses. No, actually, I
1: was checking up, and I said, uh, I I said, well, how much do you guys lift when you're in your football and you're in your high training? And they come out, and it's about a 12,000-pound total workout that they do over the course of an hour. And I'm like, wow, you know, we knock out 100,000 pounds sometimes. (laughs) Fifty thousand is, is, is a regular for about an hour, but uh, I do the hundred thousand pound workout
0: on my cross training stuff in, in an hour, and I just can't believe it. Would. Tim Nash, I know you've actually challenged an entire football team where they got to total their curl and press lifts against your curl and presses. Tell me about that outcome. Yeah,
1: we actually it was it was pretty funny. The first time I did it, um, I actually was a my uh, my kids were in elementary school, but the uh, elementary school that they go to goes all the way through high school so we were talking with the coaches and the coach said yeah come on out and lift with the team so he had all the linemen get get ready and he told them that hey some one of the parents of the elementary school kids wants to come out and lift these guys let's just show them what we got okay you guys are going to be in relay fashion see what you can do just show them what you got let's put them down and as i started lifting and i was lifting 25s and they were lifting 20s because they only had one of each thing got it And uh, so I'm lifting the 25s, and by you know, about the time I hit, I think, 500 and some odd reps, and I've already put down five people
0: on the uh, on the on On the reeling team on their line. As they got exhausted, the next guy picked up the weights. The guy first, they're
1: sitting there going, "This guy's like 40 40 years old. How? What is he? Why can't you keep up with this guy?" (laughs) (laughs) And and then it, it goes a couple more, two more people drop, and then they said, "By the way." Did we forget to tell you he holds the world record in this? <laughs> so we had fun, and then we got to you know, teach the kids about the difference between um, fast twitch muscle and slow twitch muscle, and making sure that they train both. If they want to last the entire game, you're going to have to train both.
0: Well, I, I got to go a little further. It's impressive that you beat him, even spotting him five pounds in international competition. I know you and I and my son Nicholas at the time. I believe my son was only fifteen years old.
1: Yeah, he was. Well, I, mean, I might have been younger. He
0: might have been fourteen 15 or going 14. fifteen. But but weighing in, I think at the time of almost two hundred and forty pounds, his yeah, uncles he's a, he's are big, big boys. Boy. <laughs> yeah, he wasn't a little guy. Uh, and you, what, at that time, what, how tall are you and how big were you then? Six foot three, and I was about 270. Yeah, yeah. And I, I showed up dripping wet, maybe 5'8, and maybe 175. Maybe, you know, I dropped as low as 169. But we did a very unique team. We, we challenged in uh, Dragan Radovic, who started the whole sport, invited the world champions from Germany, uh, Ireland, uh, UK. Dubai. Uh, they, Dubai, oh wow, Dubai was you a team. You got to mention Dubai. Yeah, so Dubai tell, t- the t- tell us fans. the story. Tell us the story. It was a three-man relay, and we used forty-five-pound dumbbells in each hand for international because well, they didn't so want here, it to last here's, all the night, fun right?
1: No, actually, they thought that it would, you know, or they had told a bunch of us that they were going to be doing it with forties. At least that's the way I understood.
0: Oh it. yeah, so we were thinking. So when we showed up, we only 40s. trained
1: with forties. So forty-fives was brand new to us. And uh, it was also brand new. I think the uh, Ireland team told us the same thing. But uh, Dubai was practicing with 45s to begin with, so
0: they they knew what they were in for. Wow, wow, that's amazing. So that's more than a 15% jump in weight, which is... Brutally heavy if you ever have done the sport of curl and press, and I know you and I both got inspired. I think I inspired you after uh, competing against Dragon Radovich. and then we took it serious. We, you know, we went after international competitions. I hunted down Dragon to compete against him everywhere I could find him. But he finally honored us by as recent as what was it, March of two thousand sixteen, at the Arnold Classic, he invited us and joined well, no, our it was 2014. team. Two thousand fourteen. Fourteen. Okay,
1: that's what the last one I did before I
0: got my <laughs> wow 2014. But he, he he joined he joined Team USA. He didn't yep. want to go against Team USA.
1: No, he that... came. He became <laughs> one of our partners in that one, and so he was yeah uh, he was uh, part of Team USA, and we were doing the demonstrations at the Arnold Classic. where we actually had had it to where if anybody could beat us, they were going to win, it's like ten thousand dollars. Yeah, of course yeah. nobody beat us, but.
0: <laughs> Good thing. <laughs> well, it's interesting because, you know, Dragon Radovich also is an inspiration to both of us because how old is he now? Would you say he's 60? He's older than me. Late 60s. Yeah. Might be. Might be approaching 70. Approaching, He's 70 approaching seventy because because I'll be sixty five here coming up and you know I I still compete and offer a thousand dollar challenge anyone who can outlift me uh, usually eight. we go to the beach <laughs> yeah uh, oh Tim here he won't he, he won't me. let me try I'll let you try <laughs> well no try I mean you and I you know you know the truth is on any given Sunday you or I or or, or one of the dragons son um, what's his his name um, uh, Reykjavik. Right? yeah or, or yeah Rakevik. Reiko, Reiko? Reiko. yeah, any of these guys in world competition could easily go head-to-head depending on, did you get enough sleep, is your mental toughness enough, because it really becomes a mental tough sport. It is a big
1: mental tough sport.
0: And and think about it too, when you do uh, kettlebells, there's a swing with kettlebells, right? So when you're swinging kettlebells, people argue, well wait a minute, I see these guys using 25 pound dumbbells in the back swing, because I know I backswing because I'm trying to pull it back up. I don't want to harm my joints or anything. But there's still that point where you bring it to here and you got to press it over here. Kettlebell, they swing it up over there. Yeah. We are not allowed, We're able, we have to stage it here yeah. and then it's, press overhead, true? It's a hammer curl and then a press. Right. But I, I've seen people you know, comment on, on my... I, I posted the video where I broke the World Strength Endurance record, uh, and it was a week after you broke no, the that record.
1: <laughs> yeah, I remember that one. <laughs> you
0: remember that one. I love you. It's so cool. It's okay. I got it back. You got it back. <laughs> we're, we're, you know, that's the great thing about you know friendship, but you know what? A friendly competition and cooperation. You share with me your inner secrets. I share with you my training tips. But most importantly, we agree that probably when you see that picture of Reiko and dragon and just cover up his head and you look at their lower body I mean that's an inspiration to me see how yeah. ripped and shredded here uh, Dragon Radovich is and I know that as I reach through the decades of age that it's one of the key anti-aging principles because when you're lifting you should be breathing heavily heart rate going at a good rate I know when I broke the world record I had a medical doctor marked my heart rate approaching 200 beats per minute the entire hour yeah. so I was breathing heavy the whole time you know and I noticed that it reduced is free radical damage and dry blood. Your whole body, what do they say, 60% of your muscle groups are above your waist. So when you're doing cool presses, you're stabilizing your chest with your back, with your lats, your traps, your triceps, your biceps. I love it as one of the most complete, although I do full body routines in my routine, and I think you do too, but don't you find it incredibly invigorating, great for cardio? I do my cardio mixed with my weight training.
1: Well, it is cardio. I mean, let's face it, the way we do it, it is cardio.
0: Yeah, and and the numbers I, I think the audience well, hasn't heard. <laughs> Depending on the weight, whether it doesn't matter whether it's 25, 30, 35 five, thirty, thirty five pound, we're doing somewhere between a thousand, two thousand lifts, and you know, in, in in a time. What I like about well, I you, did, you the, train fast with too. With the
1: thirty fives, I did a, I did eleven hundred in.
0: In less than an hour. Jeez, you move that weight so fast, it's like it's like cool. It's almost freaky. I mean, it's I try great. and
1: do that so that I can tire people out. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. They, I tell them they have to keep up with me. If they don't keep up with me, then they're they're out. Right. And my <laughs> trick is
0: when I feel like they're keeping up with me, and I'm like, I don't want this to last all day. I say you got to follow our pace. If we're yeah. the record holders they have to match our pace so i'll do what I, i'll call out doubles so both hands go up and down so now they're pushing their cardio with no rest in between uh, arms lifting left and right yeah it's a, it's it's a unique ability but I you have to done be highly trained with
1: him at all so
0: it it's 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 a, it's, it's usually where everyone drops out it, it takes a huge cardiovascular fitness level to do it but it, and it's not genetic i think it's a trained ability i mean it's certainly you have to have genetics
1: trained. But it's training, right? I think most of it was actually the mind, too. Like I said, oh. you know, first, if you can get through lactic acid buildup and, and on a regular basis and train your brain
0: to ignore it, then, yeah, you can start doing a lot better. You know, I recently heard a podcast uh, with uh, not Mark Spitz, but uh, Phelps, and uh, Michael Phelps. And he talked about he trains two hours in the morning in the water, two hours at lunchtime, two hours in the evening, and then does his weight training every day. And he says if he misses one day of training, he notices it. He loses two days to catch up. I find the same thing. I love to train. My mental set is to train every day, but because of my travel schedule, whatever other excuses I might make, I miss a day or two. But my net average over 20 years is four to five intense, solid workouts a a week. I I can honestly say
1: I miss quite a bit, too, because, you know, I'm father of three kids. and I'm father of five. I know. I'm a grandpa, too. But, yeah, I was going to say, your kids are spread out a lot more. Ages 10 to 40. Yeah, i got 14, two 14-year-olds 14 and a 10-year-old. So Well. And they're going in all different directions, and none of them drive. Oh, <laughs> I, I'm in the same place. Well, yeah, with Roman. You've got one that doesn't drive.
0: Because <laughs> he decided you too. to start
1: over again. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And you know I'm
0: 65 and single, so you know what? Um, I, I can't say I won't have another one along the way. <laughs> could
1: happen.
0: So, Tim, what is it that creates that mental toughness? What drives you? What are you thinking about when you're lifting nonstop and you're up against a formidable foe? I mean, you know, whoever you're competing against, you know, and these guys the are usually half our age. They're, they're on steroids. They're massive. They're strong. Yeah, they're yeah, the tough. the players, they're, they're, they're the most fun because they
1: think that they're going to be able to be. Actually, the best yeah. time I ever had beating somebody was uh, a guy that worked for me had just come back. He was a, a vet and I, I hired him and he uh-huh. was you know young and solid and he thought he worked out and and he decided to tell somebody he goes you know i think i can beat him and what he does wow and he tells that to some other people and i so i called him out in a meeting one time he said i understand that you think you can beat me and he goes oh, i never said that and i go and i go really because they told me pretty clear <laughs> and he goes but i think i can and i go really okay well here's here's what we're gonna do and this was on a friday and I said, um, on Monday, I want you to bring in, you know, a set of 25s and, and uh, we'll just go out back and don't, no one needs to be there. We'll just curl and press and mm-hmm. see who, who can go the longest. How about that? And he goes, okay, okay. Oh, we're, you're on. And he takes off out of there and I turned to some of the other people. I said, you know it's going to be funny he's going to go home and see how much he can do right now. <laughs> and so Monday comes along. Yep. I said, hey, did you bring in your 25s? He goes, uh you know i'm feeling a little uh, sick today i don't know it's good i go oh, you're already coming up at the bed i go come on you excuses already he goes all right all right did you bring it he goes i just have to tell you this when i went home i went home and i was i w- didn't even
0: sweat at 50. <laughs> oh shoot went, 50 left like one two three
1: total 50. Boy, you don't even know what ballpark you're playing in do you yeah, yeah. i said my warm-up is about a thousand and he's like, what? I go, yeah, I do 1,500 regularly. 1,500? <laughs> 1, <500. laughs> yeah, yeah. So we went out back. He couldn't even make 100 in, yeah. in legal form. And uh, yeah. so I grabbed him, threw up the 101, <laughs> and didn't even break a
0: sweat, didn't even start and breathing beat him, hard. And beat him right there. Oh, crushed right, him. Like it was nothing. It's interesting because I, I often say, well, I've talked to Tim, I've talked to you about this. I say, you know, if you go too light, it, it kind of opens up the field that, you know, you're going to be doing a lot of lifts. It's going to make it a little tougher. Why don't you go heavier it's a little easier to beat them? But you pointed out that even 25s, repetitive lifts feel massively heavy. It totals up. And so oh, yeah. these guys burn out, 50, 100. If they're in good shape, 200 lifts. I know when I first went against Dragon Radovich, I did 280, and I was thinking, and then he'd already beaten five guys. I'm thinking, oh, I've got him. He's sweating. He's looking weak. I think I can take him. And then he, he turns to me and he goes, I heard the announcer go, and Dragan Radovich holds the world record 1,425 lifts. I do quick math, and I'm thinking, oh, my God, he's just warming up. He's got more to go because the other guys yeah, he no, had with wiped the out 35s,
1: quick. 35s, he did 1,045 lifts. That's, that was his was record it? on Venice Beach.
0: Okay. Uh, okay, so I'm not sure That's what... That's why I what... did
1: the 1100. <laughs> got it, got it.
0: So so while I was lifting, you know, I was thinking through it. My shoulders were hurting, my body was hurting, and I dropped the weights. I was I was exhausted because I had, you know, a suit on. I just had my shirt, you know, long sleeve shirt, and I was just overheated. And I thought, man, I, I love this sport. I, I think someday I, I want to keep competing to this guy. And so I remember when a guy from uh, the Washington Redskins, uh, wearing a Super Bowl ring, literally, uh, a defensive end uh, came up, so whatever year the Washington Redskins won the Super Bowl. He showed up uh, at the gym, and he was bragging. everyone. I'm going to beat that Nick Delgado. And I, I look at this towering man. Must have been 6'8", ripped abs, uh, arms bigger than my legs. <laughs> and, and, and I say, okay, choose your weight. And he looks at me and says, we're not going to do it in front of anyone, right? And I said, right. So let's go in the back. So we went in the back. And I said, choose your weapon. You know, I don't care if you use 30, 35, 40, 45. You go for it, and I'm going to match you, and you just have to keep pace. He said, Okay. So he grabbed the weights, I grabbed the weights, we start lifting. Part- what weight was it? I believe he chose 35s. Part way in, he's starting to shake a little bit. And I said, are you ready to pick up the pace? And he goes, what? I'm, we're lifting, you know, continuous. And then I said, no, you got to keep up. And I started picking up the pace. And he goes, oh, dude. And he's breathing heavy, sweating terribly. And I, I crushed him, right? He drops <laughs> the weights. He goes, don't tell anyone, don't tell anyone. This is ridiculous. I can't let anyone know you beat me. Okay, okay, cool. So we walk out in the main room. He goes, this little guy just beat me. (laughs) I can't believe it. I'm like, now I have permission to tell the story. (laughs) You know what? It's not about the alpha male thing of competing. It's really a cooperation because as we all live together and train together, we inspire each other. Right, and, and your your diet has come to a whole new level. So I want to circle back to that. Where's your diet at? What do you, what's a typical breakfast, lunch, and dinner? And do you eat more than uh, three meals in a day? If you're hungry, or do you che- carry Sometimes. food with you at all?
1: Uh, well, I don't carry food as much as I do. I do in my door. I, I like to keep seeds and, and nuts, so I have. So something. you're nibbling on something. I do I do nibble on seeds and nuts. and I keep that in the door of my car, just to make sure I have something. Um, and not to mention is half the time when I go to a place or I go to a party, they won't have something I can eat. So I always want to make sure I've got some, something to back up so I don't feel like I, ha- I need to cheat. Um, but, you know, for the most part, I do uh, salads. And I did find a... Um,
0: you use a fat-free salad dressing or a dairy-free dressing? I uh, Sometimes I just use Bragg. It's, uh, oh, yeah, li- it's liquid
1: a- aminos. Okay. And it's, so I put okay. some of those on there. Mm-hmm. That's good stuff. No oil on it. Absolutely. There's no, no oil. oil on that. Correct
0: so but what do you find in terms of your current weight you're 6'3 and how much you weigh now
1: i'm at like 230. wow what did
0: you weigh in uh high school and college weight
1: um well actually 230 is where i came out of college so but then i dude dude out, so. 230 your college weight <laughs> you were in shape then too right relatively yeah, speaking no, i was in good shape
0: you were into sports what sports on
1: the triathlon team at usc you ran triathlons? Yeah. Holy mackerel. I was a water polo player in
0: high school. I remember the water polo. I didn't know you did triathlons.
1: Yeah, so um, I didn't do the water polo in college because I have bad eyesight. So that made it a little, <laughs> little difficult. So I did the crew team for a brief stint. And then I was. We both are uh,
0: graduates of USC. Yes. Yeah.
1: And then I actually helped out the wide receivers coach at uh-huh. USC for one season. Uh-huh. That was fun. I was more like a tackling dummy. <laughs> oh um, no. And then I was thinking about walking on the team, but they were talking about um, you know how they, they would be hazing me. and I said, I just did the fraternity thing. I'm done with hazing. So yeah. So yeah. I went on to, to actually, then I started just working for the, the school. I was a lifeguard for the pool.
0: Wow. You know, you have a unique uh, background then in, in athletics because that, that takes a lot of mental toughness. That takes strength and endurance particularly. And when we're doing crow and presses, there's, it's all strength and endurance and, and mental is. toughness. I yeah.
1: mean, it really is. Oh, yeah. You, do, you have to have the mental. And, yeah, water polo, that one probably is the, Those guys all look shredded, toughest. too. They look well, shredded. That's the toughest sport I've ever played. Really? Oh, yeah. By far. Because you, fig- you have to stay above water.
0: And, oh, you're, <laughs> and throw the ball and walk. Yeah, you're block not allowed and, to
1: touch the bottom or the sides. Matter of fact, you probably have somebody hanging on you and pushing you down.
0: They can do that legally. Not legally. <laughs> they, they don't. What
1: they don't see under the
0: water. They, you know. Right. 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 So wow. So l- let me ask you this then. In summary. Your 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 typical breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Do you have kind of a routine? You you head home yeah, for, not, for not dinner. Not
1: 100. During you know the, the mornings, a lot of times I'll get on my my deals where I'll do I'll do the uh, Beat Vitality shake with uh, Slim Blend
0: in it. Nice Delgado's And then uh, I even put
1: the uh, protein and Beat
0: Vitality. Yeah. yeah. And I
1: even put the uh, stem cell strong. in stem it. Stem cell strong. Right. So those are for my three things that I put in in that um sometimes i'll mix that in and i'll put some i'll even add a little uh emergency sometimes to it it's a little flavor. Sure, sure. And it's and still more vitamins. Right.
0: Do you use Power and Speed or Lean and Fit? I do. Or, use over power the years, and speed. what
1: products have you tried or well, used? Well, Power and Speed is is uh, probably my staple. I mean, I use that all the time. Really?
0: I'm doing my lifts and everything else. Nice. You take it about like minutes before you start lifting or a yeah, half hour
1: before? I take it just before.
0: And you feel it throughout your workout, right?
1: Well, yeah. My workout's long enough that it kicks in. How long is a workout? It's, it's at least an hour. Wow. I, mean, I, I You know, I. I I actually take that back. I've been doing some at a half an hour just with a heavier weight when I don't think I have enough time to do my workout. Right,
0: right. Just go heavier and... But otherwise
1: I try and go at least an hour. Um, I've been lately I've been trying to do a couple times a month where i'm going at at the uh, 3 hour mark.
0: And tell me about this million pound goal. What 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 is the well, I did what the is the million pound?
1: I did the million pounds In what March. period of time? That was a that was a, over the course of a month.
0: A month. You so. lifted over curl and press overhead mm-hmm. a million total pounds. And so it was with if all If you lifted 30 pounds, pounds, oh, 25 so every time you lifted. So how many total lifts was that? I mean what's the math on uh, that? I don't know. Something crazy. It's like We well, uh, can do the math on that. Later. I don't know. It's a couple thousand. at home. It's a couple thousand it's a lot. It's hey, hey, a, no, it's approaching it's, 10. It's an it's
1: average, it's an average of, of 1,300 a day. Yeah. So it was an average of 1,300, I think 1,350 reps a day with 25-pound dumbbells.
0: So somewhere over 30,000, 40,000 lifts times 25. Got yeah. it. Wow. That, I, I don't, I, that's unheard of. I know of no human that's ever attempted or tried that. It was funny or when or I actually, that.
1: when I told, the, I told some, that to my stepdad, and he says, well, how many people were on the team? I said, no, that was me. <laughs> and he says that's that's not possible. And I go, thank God I didn't did it
0: before I talked to you. <laughs> <laughs> right. And and you you bring up a huge point. I remember people asking me, how many lifts are you going to do to break the world record? And I didn't want to put a number on it. I mean, how many times you go in the gym, I'm going to do 12 lifts with 200 pounds or whatever, and you, your mind just goes, I'm done, 12 lifts. Well, yeah. You, you, you ha- I always kept it open-ended. I said, I'm going to lift as much as it takes. Well, and that's actually my very when best. I did
1: the 35s, and I did that for, you know, I, I was allotting the hour because it was an hour timed, mm-hmm. but I actually said, okay, I want to make 1,100 in, in in the hour. As soon as I hit 1,100, I went, okay, I'm done. They go, but you're only at 53 minutes.
0: Wow. It doesn't matter. I broke the record. Tim Nash, let's, let's circle back. So, all this exercise you had done leading up to, about how many years had you been training intensely, clearly intensely, and yet your lipids were high enough that it still clogged your arteries? So, about how many years? Uh, 2005, we went to, when did we go to London? 2007. Yeah, 2000
1: and, was it 2007? We went to, uh, yeah. So, 2005's when I blew out my back. And then remember, I had to do. And I was going to go into doing the rehab and everything else. I mean, that's a different story entirely. So the whole thing is I blew out my back. And, and of course, the doctors say, well, come on in. We'll give you painkillers, and you're getting too old to do this. So I went, you're fired. <laughs> you don't even know me, and this is your, what you're your offering. up. Of. Who do you guys hate? Chiropractors? I'm going to one of them. <laughs> right. So I went, that, I went to that chiropractor buddy in my NeuroEdge. Okay. And uh, he, you know adjust me and then told me just to start off bouncing on the ball and 15 minutes and that's it and then do the hula hoop and we start working it up and by the time we got to the uh, end of his rehab then you said okay now you get to do mine and that's the that's when you got me doing the wow. vertical lifts. Wow. And you said that that's going to rebuild the core yep. structure because you're you know alternating yep. arms you've got to stabilize so the stabilizers will get strong and. Did that for about a year, and, and then you gave me a call and said, Hey, um, how you doing on that rehab stuff I taught you? And I, you said you were putting together the team to go out to, to London and asked me if I can hit 40s to 100. 100 lifts with 40 lifts. pounds. And yeah. you said, if well, you can get it to 100, come with me. I think we can win this thing. I said, okay, great. Sounds good. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, let me try it. I tried it the first day. I got to 70 with 40s. Yeah. Um, without hurting myself and I said yeah I could train up, I'll hit a hundred easy. Wow. We had six
0: weeks. Yeah, and and Nicholas too, he had never really trained in this sport, my son, yeah. and he was working up to see and he said dad I don't think I can do enough lifts to be on the team. I said you know what Tim Nash and I will make up the difference. We're going to, to London. I wanted him to have that experience.
1: Yeah, which was, a, that was, that was awesome. I mean I I flew out there and met you guys there and I was, I think uh, I was in the air longer than I was on the ground in London. But <laughs> yeah. But uh, that was is still a great experience, I and mean, if I, I wish I didn't have to get back and talk to Toshiba. The one thing that was funny is I had never actually lifted on stage before either, so right. Nicholas and I hadn't lifted on stage. He'd competed on stage. Yes. I was a telephone um, executive. So <laughs> right, right. They were like... Uh, and we're against uh, <laughs> the lead athletes,
0: guys from Dubai who own fitness clubs, trained every day. Massive muscular guys, fit, all
1: fitness champion from Dubai. Yeah, he was there?
0: Yeah, it was crazy. It was crazy that we even thought we could even take these guys on. So, what was the outcome? How many lifts did we end up with? I, I don't remember the, I think, well, the, the each total of
1: count was in was in the five hundreds. It yeah. was like five hundred and twenty
0: something with forty five pound dumbbells with in 45 each hand. Forty
1: five pound dumbbells. Yeah. So I ended up lifting. I think was 230, 230 something. You did two.
0: 80? Yeah, it was something. It was approaching three. You took second. Yeah, in the world. In the world. In the
1: world. I took fifth individually. And, and Nicholas and, and pulled Nicholas up the difference. Did Nicholas did not do bad. He did really good. He was in the 40s or 50s. Yeah,
0: 40s or 50s. Which yeah. is
1: huge. 45 pound dumbbells and age 14.
0: Yeah. And I know Dubai. He was not
1: last place. <laughs> Dubai,
0: there was a thing where one of the guys had a guy hold his weight for a while because he'd lost grip and you can't let go of the weight and lose You're grip but they didn't disqualify him.
1: him well and that's the thing so then we got the we got the team USA USA chant going USA yeah. USA until they finally got back up there and they said yes they they did uh, disqualify or stop the counting back when he was okay re, you know when the, his partner went up on stage his teammate went up on stage and Grab his weight, let him regrip. Yeah. so we ended up winning by twelve lifts.
0: Was it twelve? Yeah. Wow. Whew! I, I, I remember it distinctly at least the competition. It was it was very tough, very brutal, and yet uh, amongst the world. I mean, Ireland, Germany, UK, Dubai, and, the, and UK there's Team USA. In, yeah. yeah. Well, there was two different teams. The, the Suns were together, right? Uh, did Dragon compete that year? No,
1: he did not. Oh, remember okay. that was one of the things. Uh, yeah. Nick was saying, Dragon was worried about going up against us that year. Yeah, yeah I, think so. I think so. But you know, the we bottom love line Dragon. is, he Dragon, started this whole thing. Dragon started this whole thing, and Dragon actually—I mean, without it, without Dragon, none of this would be in the competition. Yeah, yeah. Um, he keeps on coming up with new um, formats and how to lift and everything else too.
0: Yeah, and he's, he's
1: just a great guy.
0: Yeah, fabulous. You know. I, final question. Your lipids now, have they been rechecked? Uh, have you started using PCOS heart yet to help to lower the LDL cholesterol and kind of balance out the insulin levels? I
1: do need I need to pick up some while I'm here. But you've been <laughs> using it, right? <laughs> I was using it, and I, I did run out. So. Okay. Well, but yeah, good reminder, then. And uh, um, at that, and I also use the NeuroInsight. Um, oh, wow. You know, Because actually, when you're taking meds, it messes up your, your your neurological aspects. And so right, I've right. been taking the neuro insight to get back some of the uh, intellect. Right? right. <laughs> Did you
0: ever use Tester Vita to enhance testosterone and uh, I do. The I Tester Genesis Tester cream?
1: And I still use the uh, Amore. I always want to call it Amore V or Amore it's 5. A- <laughs>
0: Yeah, it's an amazing product, no doubt about it, prior to intimacy. And what about Live Detox and EstroBlock? Have you dabbled with either of those or DST? EstroBlock I
1: take all the time anyway. Oh, you do? do, Yeah, I've been taking EstroBlock since. I mean, that has been coupled with power and speed the whole time.
0: So do you notice a difference with and without supplementation?
1: Well, I notice that uh, everybody else I talk to that's had heart problems, that's on heart medication, they're not actually being intimate. (laughs) (laughs) which I don't have a problem with. (laughs) Right, right,
0: right, right. Wow. And and it's known that when the cardiovascular disease is compromised, generally the penile arteries are compromised first. ED, the number one cause of erectile dysfunction, is clearly a high uh, buildup of atherosclerotic plaques, cholesterol in the arteries, and I know there's some people who debate, it's homocysteine, it's oxidized cholesterol, it's, it's the, uh, the, the different uh, breakdown of the proteins, it's genetic. It's, it's really, even genetic people, tendencies, there are some people with cholesterol levels over 600, and they need it even more. The point is, because you can still, and I've worked with people with genetically high cholesterol levels, their levels drop down, not down to ideal levels, but they have to do, they just have to be stricter is all. That has yeah. to be stricter, and I think that this myth that you know people uh, can eat any diet they want and just just take your lipitor, take your statins. I think we have to change that. I think we have to look at a new paradigm of l- what we call lifestyle medicine. And there's really four critical steps that I'll, I'll end in summary, uh, Tim. There's detoxify, nutrify, fortify, and then the power of the mind. You take those four steps. With the supplementation, the diet, the exercise, the quality, the sleep, the the, the right balance of the hormones, the chromosomes and everything. And then you take the power of the mind to a whole new level and you can accomplish virtually anything you want to accomplish in health which will help your love life and most likely help you to perform consistently in your career. Would you agree with those statements? Sounds good to me. (laughs) Dr. Nick here. Be well, be strong. I know you got to get going, Tim Nash. It's such a pleasure. I've been wanting you in studio for the longest.
1: Well, let's let's come back some other time and start doing a cooking show.
0: (laughs) Sounds great. Let's get down and make it happen. More of these. (laughs) Be well.
1: Keep raising the bar.